0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Don't Tell the Babysitter Mom's Dead, a grief podcast hosted by me, Brittany Ashley, where I interview other people who've lost their mom and then examine a piece of pop culture that has dead mom representation. Thank you all for the lovely iTunes reviews, emails, Instagram messages. I swear I see them all, and they all see me. This episode is a bit different, because the mom that's being discussed is actually someone that we all probably know, Marsha Wallace. She was on The Bob Newhart Show as Carol, the wacky receptionist. Is there a new tooth groupie in your life, Jer? She happens to be very sophisticated, and she's over 80.
1: Sophisticated? She's almost dead.
0: (laughs) She was on Full House, Bewitched, The Brady Bunch, That's My Bush but most of us knew her as the voice of Edna Krabappel on The Simpsons. Class, in order to explain why your hormones will soon make you an easy target for every smooth-talking Lothario with his own car and tight jeans, I will now show a short sex education film. In preparation for this interview with her son, Mikey Hawley, I read Marsha's book, Don't Look Back, We're Not Going That Way. And In the book, she talks about how out of place she felt in the world, then finally meeting the love of her life, Dennis, their decision to adopt Mikey, and then Dennis getting sick and passing away when Mikey was only four, making her a widow and a single mother. I joked with Mikey that I now know more about his mom's life than I do my own. So it was a very cool experience to sit down with Mikey and talk to him about it all Starting with the story of his adoption.
1: Yeah, so they tried for a long time. They tried for a few years to get pregnant. They just could not get pregnant. So they go to this, you know, they go to a, you know, a guy and uh, uh, an adoption lawyer, and they, you know, put ads out and stuff like that. And I, I think it's also in the book. That yeah, they're, they're, about they're, your they're, birth mom. Yeah, yeah, birth mom, and also does it does it show the um, the letter their letter?
0: I remember the picture.
1: Okay, that, that with, was like, like with hi. her on top. Yeah. of that. Okay, and Yeah, it it's like,
0: hi, please let us adopt your child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we were... <laughs>
1: My specific memory of being told I was adopted uh, was so nonchalant. It just was. It just everything. I was like, okay, it made sense. I was sitting on the couch, <clears throat> and I was watching TV or something.
0: How old are you?
1: Probably about seven. My so, mom so wanted it was to, after your dad had passed. Yes, my mom wanted to tell me as soon as she felt that she could. I could get. I could grasp the concept between birth versus motherhood. That was a big thing for her. So she comes up and she goes, you know, I just want to talk to you for a second. I'm like, okay. She says, you know, I just want to let you know that you're what's called adopted. You're adopted. And I was like, okay. Uh, and she goes, basically, you are you have a birth mother named Shalane. And um, she gave birth to you in her tummy. But I care for you. I raise you. I love you from my heart, blah, 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 blah. So you're my son. And I was like, cool. go. <laughs> like that. It never, it didn't, it wasn't one of those things of like, I feel betrayed. It was like, it was like, it just, that made perfect sense to me. I think it was the right age to, to, to mention it. Um, and yeah. And like, and then, and then, and then from then on, like we, and then it was a, a great relationship because then I had like this other interesting extended family, like these, you know, these Cajuns that are like, you know, my, in my blood all of a sudden, I also did 23 of you recently. And I was like, you're Cajun <laughs> as fuck. I was like, okay. <laughs> and I still talk to Shalane. I still talk to Shalane. I talked to, I talked to my sisters every now and then, like we're all half, half brother and sisters, same mom, different dads. But like, that was the first, that was the first time she told me, but then it, but then it was, it, it. It planted a seed that grew into something beautiful. It grew into an extended tree. It didn't feel like, I never felt lied to. I never felt out of place. I never felt like I didn't belong. It was, that was my home. My mom, my dad, and my dad. But I'm very fortunate cause, that I have Shalane too, because I still talk to Shalane and she's, I mean, that woman is a hero. She, she gave up her second son so I could have a better life. And she did a good job. I woke up one day, I looked at my dad's eyes. It was like three and I was like, dad, your eyes are yellow. And she was like, oh, okay. We wants to talk to my mom. She says, yeah, you are. So they would go to the doctor and then they'd do some scans. They'd find some things. they go inside and it's just like stage four pancreatic. So KO. Like one year left, maybe. So at that time, my mom put me straight into therapy when I was like three. And it was brilliant on her part. Genius. Because it started that process of feelings are everything that you have that's you know they're not necessarily always truth but they are but they are what you are made of a lot of the times so to be able to like have a space to start to begin that process to get comfortable with being uncomfortable or being hurt or being broken for a little while like that was really important so i got a chance to talk to my therapist who was great i was i was very very lucky also throughout my entire life i've always had friends who were incredibly understanding they got it they got it some of them either like (laughs) me and my buddy chris and we were like elementary school his dad passed away as well so we started the dead dad's club and so like we kind of found you had to find camaraderie you had to find survival you had to find a way and you and you always do in in some backwards sort of thing so yeah i did have i did have a good support group of friends my mom and i did talk about it but i found myself getting older and wanting to talk more about it. I knew there was photos of my of my mom, my dad, me growing up. There's a couple of them that are my favorites. One of them's in the book of me as a baby and my mom. Yeah, and dad. I like that one. I love it. It's my favorite photo. But then when my mom died, I found boxes of photos. And I was pissed. I was really mad at her. Because I was like, You fucking bitch. Like, I this is exactly what I wanted to talk with you about. Like I wanted to sit and go through this and like find out who these people were, what this memory was, where were you when you took this? Cause you guys looked so happy, but I think, you know, bless her. It was just, it was, it's too hard. It's too hard. Cause it, cause it was so happy. Cause it, cause she, it was like, my dad was, my dad made my mom feel like she belonged here and then he was gone. It, it just, it was, it was the most unthinkable thing for my mom that could have happened. Cause all, on, and not only that, but like her parents sucked you know the da- dad was a drunk mom was a drunk mom was mean mom was a mean drunk so the fact that they were able that she specifically was able to then lose her partner who she never explicitly said this but it's my i mean i just it's my knowledge like in my heart i she feels like the wrong parent died that was the, that was the big killer it's like she felt she was she th- she was hoping i think that she would she would with my dad learn to be these wonderful parents which she was like objectively was an incredible mom but it's it's tough to recover from that mindset when you lose the person who made you feel okay when everybody else in the world was saying was either no or you're too this or you're too this or blah blah, blah and then one person comes along and is like no you're everything you're perfect you're yeah. perfect so yeah it's it was like <laughs> it got it's 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 heavy it's heavy when I was four I remember coming home my dad had died but I was at my friend's house and so they brought me back and I didn't make a lot of sense yet I was still four so I was like "Can't hey, well, I was like he's just sleeping they're like no honey he's not and I was like well just splash water on his face just see what happens because I'd seen cartoons when they splash water on their faces they wake up so learning to as as my time went on learning what I had lost over the next 20 years that was the difference which was like that was a slow accumulation of of, uh, of ideas and of like, oh yeah, like I haven't, I can't call anybody dad. That that's, that sucks. That hurts, and it, and it does. Sometimes it stings. I'll, I'll hear my friends go like, "Hey, dad," I'm like, man, that sounds nice. I wish I could say that. that sounds cool. But the familiarity of loss from my father's death definitely helped. Okay, I know it's coming. Like like I know this is it's not a shock. Where and I feel very lucky. Like you know, like you're talking about your your friend or something so sudden that I don't know how I would handle I'm very lucky in the sense and I do consider myself very lucky I my dad was getting sick and so I knew something was wrong my mom was getting sick I knew something was coming people did It was funny though people everyone was like kind of shocked and I was like are you kidding you guys didn't see that up! where have you been like I just knew it just made sense to me that she was going to die soon um and then with my aunt as well like i had the time to really my aunt was even be- it was kind of better in a way you know quote unquote but like i had the time to really move through those motions with her move through those emotions with her to get to a place that when i also was holding her hand when she took the last breath it was like it felt very much like it felt like i can close the book i felt like that book versus all of a sudden like just this you know thing gets ripped open and it's sudden and it's terrible where you don't get a chance to say goodbye you know you don't get a chance to to make peace with it for that moment you know when i was in the hospital with my mom uh i would just sing to her i would just sing to her a lot I sing her favorite song I love is here to stay and so like i so that was having that knowledge of what was coming allowed me to do things that i might not normally have done that i was that i could do something for her that i could be there for her that i could kind of help like kind of like shepherd her and let her know that I'm gonna be okay. That'll be fine. You know, it's not gonna be fun. It's not going to be fun at all. But I'll be okay, eventually. So it. So it's. Yeah, unfortunately, it did help in a weird way. Having having lost a handful of people, you know, even then, like my, my godmother when I was young. It's like, I I am kind of an old pro with just losing people. It's just a. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to have all these people in my life. Um. That then just had to go. And it's just just part of life.
0: I'm curious of growing up when you started to realize that your mom was like this comedy legend, and mm-hmm. that she was seen by other people as someone other than just your mom. Basically. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty from a young age that I, you know, because people would come up for autographs, they'd say, "I love you in the Bob Newhart show," blah blah. blah. So I'm like, my I knew my mom. My mom, my mom, kind of occupied those two spaces, right? She kind of occupied this superwoman, like this, you know, this Wonder Woman kind of like, you know, beast performer, incredible legend that I that taught me all the things that I know about performing in comedy. I mean, also the happiest I've ever seen her was when she watches me do, when she watched me do plays, like that when I when I would knock one out of the park. It was it's just I've never seen her as happy as that. I mean, all the worlds are staged and all the players merely, you know, we play our parts, and it's like that. And but that that there's never been more more true, and especially when you kind of have this. Like I said, like this mom who was a performer, who's known for other things. But then when we get home, that mom, you know, that other mom, the mom that is still hurting, the mom that misses dad, the mom that is trying her absolute best and is a, was a wonderful mom, continues to be a wonderful mom. I'm still learning things about her. I'm still like thinking about her and and processing that sort of thing. So after dad died, she was so afraid that either I was going to die or that she was going to like fuck me up somehow, like, you know, just irreversibly. That there, there, there a distance got put up, like um, just a little bit, not not a crazy amount, not like you know she wasn't neglectful, but there'd be times you know I'd want to come in and chat with her, and but she'd be kind of in her own zone, like having some wine and some wine and hagen daz and watching like law and order reruns, and I'd be like, and I just want to sit and chat, and then she'd kind of just like brush me off, you know, she just it, she's just in her place, and I don't think it, for the longest time she really understood what that place was, which was her form of escape. And unresolved trauma and, you know, those sort of things. So it definitely affected our, uh, our kind of behaviors, but not her love, but not her love. She loved me more than anything. And I know that, like, to my core. So did my dad. But I can't imagine how scared she must have been from, like, the minute my dad died. Like, now she's got a kid who she was hoping that she would probably learn a lot from my dad. <laughs> And now he's gone. And I, and I never asked her that directly, but I, my gut instinct is that she really did feel like the wrong parent died. And I, and I can't imagine that, the guilt. That, that not, like of no blame of her own, but still it's, it's, that is a heavy, heavy thing to push past to try to raise this little, this little boy. So my mom died kind of, I don't want to say suddenly, but it deteriorated very fast. Her health started to deteriorate just based off of like a myriad of, of factors. And then one week, it ha- it, like she was in the hospital. And then the, thing, the way I knew it was wrong was she was, a, she was a lovely patient. And usually my mom in the hospital is a nightmare. So that's when I was like, oh, this is different. This is different. It's time to go. I, had stayed, I was staying the nights in, those ho- in the hospital with her. And I remember I was, the, the last night, they kept trying, they, they had to intubate her. And for those of you listening at home intubation sucks uh it's intubation is you know they have to they basically put a tube in in them to help breathe because their lungs weren't working very well it's not it is it's one of the most like invasive awful things it's it's so uncomfortable it's you can tell she kept clutching at it it's awful it's awful so because but her her blood oxygen level was just crashing 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 because her lungs weren't working she was getting carbon dioxide poisoning they basically they took it out again to see if she could do it and i was there that night and i just kept watching that monitor i couldn't sleep i was just like lie there and watch that monitor and watch the numbers slowly go go down slowly go down finally i just called the nurse and i was like this isn't working like we have to reintubate her and i was like no we're not doing that no way my mom and i also had a very a very clear kind of rule about like quality of life if 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 it goes like i was like i'm not going to bring her home on a machine for a few months and just let her like sit out and you know and, you know, and, you know, no judgment to anybody who, who like, I've seen people who be like, no, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. I totally understand that. But I've also had that realistic, we've always had that chat, you know, she would just say like, if shit gets bad, just take me out back and shoot me. And I was like, <laughs> got it, ma. And like, and I totally get it. Like, I, I agree. I, like, you know, I tell everybody I know too. Like, if, you know, if I, if you find me <laughs> in some awful place, just like tell me you love me and let, and let me go, man. You know, we're only here for a minute. I have, you know, I've had a good one, but. Right, so the numbers went down. They took it out, and then I was. They wanted to reintubate her, and I was like, "No, we're not doing that." And so I, I, asked them to leave the room, and I and my mom got. This is actually fun. My mom got. She became lucid all of a sudden. She just kind of her eyes kind of opened. I could see she was there, and she wasn't for a few days. She was just kind of like in and out. And I was holding her hand, and I remember like, "Mom, like, how you doing?" You know, and she just like kind of shook her head, and I was like, "Listen, I know, I know you don't want me to ask you this, but." do you want to go see dad? And she was like, yeah, she's she nodded her head. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So my aunt went in to check when I was gone to make sure. And my aunt came back out too, like, kind of like in that moment, it's emotions are weird, man. My aunt came out like excited in a weird way. And I know it wasn't excitement. It was more just like, okay, there's a plan. We got, okay, we got a plan now. And so they, they met her up. They like, they gave her morphine. They gave her all that stuff and the thing which is interesting about morphine when the brain is dying um, is it it can trigger it can trigger lucidity again it can bring the person kind of back for a moment so my buddies were there my my friends we were caretakers for her they they came by cuz i said hey she's going and then they were like okay we'll, we'll be over it's now by this point it's like maybe 11am 12 12 or something like that and <laughs> she kind of like sits up all of a sudden she's like back for a moment and i was just like wow oh, this is okay so I was like, all right, mom, I gotta, I know you're, I know you want me to ask this again, but I have to ask you again, do you, are you sure you want to go home and you want to be with dad? And she just, she turns to me and she just goes, Pfft. I was like, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> so like, she was, I mean, and like for my, that, that's like my mom's like universal for like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yes. So we, so basically we, like they medicate her, they put her in the thing, they drive, we, we get in the ambulance. It takes way too long. It was so, and I remember watching the, the EMT, this girl, she was just like chatting up, um, the people at the front and i was like it was so surreal of like she's in that she's in a world that this doesn't exist and also fair play to her she's emt this is not her first rodeo but i'm like get my mom home <laughs> like i want her to die at home so finally we do cat Ke- my buddy my buddy kevin and jake they were taking care of her they they went back to the house they made her room like really beautiful they like with some candles and stuff like that and we brought her back and uh they mentioned when after they signed off they were like look you know this might not happen very quickly that's the shitty part i was like all right you know it's what it is what it is so we bring her home in the ambulance i'm driving behind it and i remember just driving behind it and thinking like what the fuck? what is going on like my mom i'm about to lose my mom i'm about to lose my mom and that was that was when i really like i broke I had a couple of friends, a couple of her friends who were there helping, making phone calls to people to say, you know, come say goodbye. And my buddy Ray, he was at the door for me and I just collapsed into his arms, just sobbing, 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 like uncontrolled, like I didn't even realize I had to cry, but it was just like, boom. So we bring her into the room, we make her comfortable, you know, we're medicating her and stuff like that. And then a bunch of friends come over. I to my friends to come over as well, say like to say goodbye and stuff like that. And I remember, I remember just being, I was just floating, I was just floating. Like after I cried and raised arms and and kind of got that out, I was like, I'm oh, okay, fine, you know. It just, it, it just doesn't hit. It's too heavy. Your, your brain goes into this mode where like the same. way. It's like I I I would, I would imagine. I've never fought, but I've imagined if you're in like a firefight, like that kind of like. It's too, it's just too much. Your brain just compartmentalizes. It's like, we'll deal with this later. <laughs> like, so I was just kind of like, no, everyone's like, how you doing? Like really worried. And I was like, I'm okay, you know, this is the best, like it was the best possible outcome because I wanted her to be at home and I wanted to be surrounded by friends and family. So they put in their bed, it, a few hours go by, a few hours go by, and then her breathing starts slow. And then they, my, I remember I was on the phone with somebody and um, someone came out to get me. I was like, Hey, she's going. I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go. My mom's leaving. I remember being like, my mom's leaving. So I get, go to the phone and I go hold her hand, and about like forty seconds later, she took her last breath, and then that was it. And then, and then I was, I leave the room. Uh, I, I, I hold her hand. I remember, I remember how her hand felt. I remember, you know, how she smelled. And I walked back into the living room with where a lot of my friends were, my friends. And they're, but but the great thing is they're just being my friends. They were just. They're joking, they're laughing, we're having a good time. Like, it's not, it, it's not, it's not solemn. And that's not the way my mom would have wanted it either. Like, she hated like funerals and darkness and stuff like that. So we were just joking around. And, my aunt, and I'm kind of just sitting there thinking, and I'm in this chair, I'm like sitting there. My aunt comes in, she goes, what's the matter, your mom died or something? <laughs> my friends were like, oh, fuck. Like, but I, that was like the most, that was the most perfect line I've ever heard. Because it was just, it would, it cracked me up. It cracked me up. And so we had you know you have to wait for the like the paramedics to come, blah, blah blah and they have to, you know, do other stuff and then and then yeah, and then I remember like them taking it in the body bag and leaving and then the house was different. It was just different. And then that was that was the end of that. That was the end of that. My mom meant a lot to a lot of people. I got a letter from this guy in a um I'm actually writing back right now in a, a, from a Pennsylvania penitentiary. And he wanted an autograph from her. He didn't realize she had died. It was so touching. It was so, it was just like the most beautiful letter. He just, it was, he wrote saying, like, I've never been to prison, right? Obviously. I mean, not obviously to my people, but I have not been to prison. But like, this, 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 young, this man, found comfort in my mom's performances. He found solace. He found connection. He found, he, she, for one moment, made him forget that he's fucking behind bars and I don't care what he did. You know, I, 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 I could care less. I honestly like people are people. And I try, I, 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 just don't have room for hate. I, you know, so like getting that letter, it just, it's, I get emotional now about it. It's just, it was like, he was so moved and touched by her performance that it was I'm I, 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 like, I, it's hard for me to like write him back and be like, she passed, but let me tell you, like, I'm her son. And that means the world to me that like you you have found the same thing that I found in my mom as well. Like that is a, it's an incredible feeling. I remember going online and reading just these, the most beautiful things people used to, I, that would say about my mom, doing the same thing. I mean, like feeling the exact same thing that I was feeling my, and that people around me were feeling. It helped a lot. To know that she, that, that like other people were kind of feeling the same thing that I was feeling that I was going through. It definitely helped a lot. It was a beautiful, beautiful gesture, and the wake itself—like we call it a wake—I called it a party because I was because my mom well, she hated funerals, hated, and so do I. I'm like, I'm like, why do we have to just sit here and be sad? Like, we we're gonna be sad, so instead we put together a bunch of like a big montage of things like performances, and I and I spoke, and Bob Newhart spoke, and Gene, like um, Gene from uh, the, one of the producers from the, uh, the Simpsons spoke. Like, it was um uh, my aunt my and my uncle it was just it was a great time and my friends I my friends coming up after me like a few weeks later be like hey like is it weird can I just tell you this and I'm like what and they're like I had a really good time at your mom's funeral and I'm like yes yes because like that's that is that to me was the way that I that I want to remember her I don't I don't I don't want to remember her being sick I don't remember her, her trouble I wanna remember like the laughs we always used to have and I'm and that those came back those came back in droves those came back in like a flood when she passed all of a sudden it was just like my brain in order to try to to try to make sense of it and piece it together and to try to heal again was through laughter and through joy it wasn't it wasn't the there are times when I would collapse and cry and have a really tough time but far and away my favorite memories are always the ones we used to laugh and when i would make her laugh and joke around it was just it was that was that was like that's that's my relationship with my mom and so it was that the wake was kind of a cool marrying of the two it was like the this was i they talked about the performer and their friend i talked about my mom and they and we kind of went through that together and had a good time like had a good time remembering it because it was fun it was a fun wake it was a positive memory you know, it because it, that's again, that's like my that's that's my mom and me like she she taught me to find the funny. I consider myself like just kind of just now clearing the forest like for like my mom died in October of 2013. And I am just now kind of feeling like, OK, I'm OK. I can breathe. You know, um, it sends you down a path where you're you become terrified of, uh, of everything going away. Every friend, every relationship I saw, I, man, I, my poor exes, I torpedoed those relationships because I was just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't move that curtain away yet. I just dropped that curtain. And I was like, you know, like between like that self-medicating, um, just you name it. It just, I I, just wasn't ready to open up again for the longest time until very recently. I just wasn't there. I just wasn't there because when you're, I hesitate to use the word orphan, but at the same time at 25 with no parents, it's, it hits and it hits in ways that you do not expect. It's not like that. Death isn't like it it is in the movies. It's not like, it's not this, it's not this grandiose, like, you know, Shakespearean, you know, shake your fist of the gods. You know, I was, it's, it's quieter. It's a lot quieter.
0: What you were just talking about, being parentless, yeah, it actually reminds me of a quote in your mom's book yeah, (laughs) where she says, it's hard to have both parents gone. It doesn't matter how old you are or how difficult your relationship was. You're nobody's kid anymore. Nobody will ever refer again to my sister and me as her girls. In a way, does that make you feel connected to your mom more because you knew that she kind of had this experience as well?
1: 100%. 100%. I joke that I always joke that my mom dying was the best thing for our relationship that ever happened because it was, I was very lucky that it was very bizarre. I was able to forgive everything pretty much immediately, pretty much immediately because I knew I wanted to have that relationship with her still. Because when people believe, see, there's a kind of a misconception or no, there's not a misconception, but sometimes people, people assume uh, that they're gone, they're gone, right? And just because somebody's gone that that relationship doesn't stop happening you know at all you know at, at all you you're just you know same thing with like an ex it's you know it's very similar to that it's you still have a connection with that person even if they are not around and it's deep and it is touching and beautiful and painful and heartbreaking and gorgeous and it's and it's so you kind of have to nurture that in a way and so I think that was kind of my process with my mom of like I did feel more connected to her. And my only, I I don't even say regret, but my only thing was like, I get it now. I get it, yeah. Cause 'cause I was thinking the same thing. I, the the thing that kind of haunts me a little bit still is like, even when like I meet somebody, I'll always go to like, if I start dating somebody, I'm thinking about like, I'll think about like the wedding. And I'll be like, I won't have anybody to come to my wedding. I'll have my friends who are my family, like, and they are my family. But like my mom never got to see me, you know, get a show you know, get walked down the aisle, like blah, blah, blah. And that, that hurts. Uh, another like tangential thing. My therapist and I were talking and she's like, the, there's, there's several different types of loss when loss happens. It's, there's, it's like, it's like, there's the immediate loss. Right. So like, I remember holding my mom's hand last, she like took her last breath and I had like said goodbye and that was it. But then there's also the loss of things that were to be. And that's almost, that's worse in a way because, you obviously go, I mean, I personally am very positive. So I went to the positive. I was like, oh man, I, the one, like I would have loved to have seen my mom's face when I told her I got this big show. I would have loved to see like, you know, when she sees me be in love again, like, you know, it was just, it was those things that were the weirdly the most painful. Also with my therapist, like talking about, yeah, those abandonment issues, those, those triggers, those trauma triggers where it's like, where it sends me into, it doesn't send me into kind of like a frenzy, but it sends me into I need to see somebody. I need to see the friend like now. I need to like blah blah blah. And that's usually what happens is just because yeah, some you're afraid something else is gonna disappear again. That's your, that, you know. And unfortunately with relationships, they just do. And so it's it's not the same song, but it rhymes. So like you it's you're kinda like, uh, oh, oh, this this is oh, it feels this feels familiar. There was this one girl that I felt Absolute she's my first love, so maybe that helped a little bit but this girl when I was at UCLA, I felt absolutely in love with. I would have married her out I was thinking about I was, I was like we're gonna marry out of school out of college like no no question about it. Um, and then she just changed and disappeared. but the the worst part about that, yeah, it was because of because there wasn't closure, it, it was the exact same feeling of like I can't even like talk to you like I can't I can't I can't just like feel this with you. I have to just do this on my own. And that is that sent me for a loop that was that was like, oh, this is this feels the exact same. I was, you know, wildly in love, wildly like just I (laughs) I remember pulling over on Wilshire, pulling over because I was sobbing because I was so happy. So it was that same thing of like, though, that love occupied that same pure space. But then and they both just disappeared. We're not now I cannot talk to them anymore, period. And I can't even I just want to hear their voice. I just want to hear, like, that's it. And, yeah, I still, I I don't know, I still have that. Like, I still, I still find myself just being like, oh, I just wish I could just talk to my mom. I just wish I could just, like, sit, just, just hear one piece of information, one little, like, advice, just, or or just the fucking tone of her voice it would sound nice, you know?
0: Do you ever watch episodes of The Simpsons to hear that? Or do you ever yeah. watch things that she's done?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, I do. I do. I like, I'll watch, I still watch like home movies and stuff, but yeah, I do. I do. But uh, I, tr- it's not, not often, not often. I think it's just cause it's, it's just, it just stings. It's just too, it's it's sometimes just too hard when I'm, when I'm, when i in like, when I'm kind of in that mode where I really kind of want to be emotional and I need like, you know, to cry and to like be there for sure. I will. I think the worst one though, was I, I didn't, the one that I was mad about is I didn't keep her voicemails to me. That was when I, then when I realized I had lost them, I was like, man, I wish I didn't do that, man. You know, just to hear her say my name was, would have been, it's just nice. It's just nice. I remember one time I called her after she had died and I'd forgot. And that was, that's when it kind of got real. I just like called her cell phone and I forgot in that moment. And just rang and rang and rang. I was like, Oh, Okay. Yeah, this is this is real. This is real now.
0: I assume there's a pretty small percentage of people who can watch their deceased parents immortalized on screen in something other than home videos. And when I think of Mikey's story and how he can probably hear his mom's voice whenever he wants to because The Simpsons is on, like, season 100, it made me think of a horror comedy from a few years ago called The Final Girls. The movie's about a teenage girl named Max grieving the loss of her mom, who was a famous scream queen from the 80s in super campy films, literally once called Camp Bloodbath.
1: Camp Bloodbath is the granddaddy of all campsite slasher films. Max's mom plays Nancy, this shy girl next door. Nice legs, what time they open. It's cool you get to remember your mom this way.
0: At least I get to see her on the anniversary of her death, even if she is being chased by a psycho. And when she and her friends go to a tribute screening a few years after her mom passed away, you know, by reasoning that doesn't totally make sense, but you kind of have to buy into it, they end up getting pulled into the world of this 80s film. Guys, somebody's coming. Hey, do you guys know the way to Camp Bluefinch? Tina.
1: So we're in the movie.
0: Oh, hi. What's your name? Max. Max is reunited with her mom. Well, it's not necessarily her mom. I mean, it's her mom playing the character of the person in the film. Together, they have to fight off the film's psycho killer. Oh, God, that's blood. I know in the movie you're supposed to die, but that doesn't mean you have to, right? What do we do now? We fight. It's oddly touching, and the story behind it makes it just that much more tear-jerky. The Final Girls was written by Joshua John Miller and Emma Fortin. Joshua's late father, Jason Miller, was an actor who was actually Father Damien Karras in the little-known horror film called The Exorcist. The script for The Final Girls was actually inspired by this. Joshua quotes, I grew up watching my dad in The Exorcist, and there's something haunting, strange, confusing, and a little bit unnatural to see your parent constantly die in a film, but it's something that also becomes iconic. And we tried to deconstruct what the effects of that would be as well as what it would be like if you had a second chance, but your second chance was inside a movie. I think for many of us, we wonder what it would be like to see our deceased parent again. And if you really want to weep, you should certainly watch the final girls because it is super touching.
1: I'm a really emotional guy. I, I... I love a good cry you give me a Pixar film ooh baby I'm sobbing in five <laughs> minutes and it feels but like but that also attribute a bit to my mom putting me in therapy getting used to those feelings. but even still man our, we have I'm glad it's changing now but this idea that this horrendously horrendously harmful and destructive idea of masculinity that somehow men the, 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 the fuck the worst thing you could possibly say to a man or a young man or a young boy is man up what the fuck does that mean Because to me, strength is, no, this hurts. I'm going to cry. This hurts really bad. And I'm going to use the people that I know that I can trust to cry. I had a horrible day the other day, like four days ago. And I went over to my friend Jordan's house and I bawled in his arms. Because it was just a bad day. I missed my mom. I found out my ex was dating somebody else. And Jordan is, I mean, he's the most kind, caring, understanding person I've ever known. I mean, like, you know, and I have other friends that I can use that too. But Jordan specifically... And I had to get, I had to like fight through those feelings. I remember how fucked it was because I was thinking, I remember going, you know, I posted like some poetry on my Instagram. I posted some things that I wrote. I posted some stuff. I like, I try to like, I try to fight against that urge to show like other people like that masculinity or or strength. The, the concept of strength is not numbness. The concept, that's like, that's why, that's the same thing of like a, a shitty hero isn't a hero that's not afraid of everything. It's the one who's Terrified and still moves. That to me is like is strength, and that to me is is power. It's so insidious that I I still find myself like having to check that voice of like don't cry, don't cry in front of people, and then I go why not you lost your parents? If there was ever a time that you're allowed to cry, it'd be now. But it's very it's a like I said it's a very insidious thought that I think our culture is just now starting to address that men. Should be sensitive. I think that's a huge problem. With it's, it's a huge issue. That's a massive thing with between like, between men and women is that guys aren't good at saying I'm hurt, I'm hurting, I'm really hurting, and I need your help, and I or somebody's help. Because otherwise, we shut down and then we explode, and we blow up, and that is way more destructive than just being comfortable crying. Allow yourself to be. To be hurt, allow yourself to feel alone, which is not a comfortable feeling. (laughs) I get that. But the best way, yeah, the best way is to is to just be present with that emotion. And like, you know, it comes up and and it'll come. It just shows up sometimes. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like it's just like an old friend at the door like that, you know, and then you you kind of just see what it's like. Oh, that's that's I didn't expect this right now, but okay, I'll be here. Or if I, but some if, but then there's the other times when I'll be craving that feeling. I'll crave my mom. So what I do, like, I've found a few things that make me feel like my dad, and there's places that make me feel like my mom. So or make me feel my mom there. So like, there's this place in the bluffs and the Palisades, and I usually I'll go there right around like dusk. Dusk is my favorite time of day anyway. But like, I'll, I'll go out to the bluffs and sit there, and it just feels like my mom's right next to me. It's just there's something about that sitting listening to the ocean watching the sunset over the mountains and be there and just you know and just feel just you know I spent the last five years running running as hard as I could as hard as I could to not to to only find the funny that's what I mean it's like only like we're good we're good I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine and it's just like eventually you just get tired of running and I was and I sat there and and allowed myself to to not run to not like keep finding a way out just embrace be present you know it's like it's it kind of it's it sounds a little simple but it it really is it's just like because because also those those feelings will out they will no matter what and if and i and i have found that when you if you don't address them they'll out themselves in kind of ugly ways you know either like i said either pills drinking partying medicate self-medicating ignoring like repressioning, like all the, all those sort of things versus just sitting there and being like, no, no, I'm just hurting today. I just miss my parents today, big time. Or if, or like something will trigger that, like, I'm, I feel very lonely today, blah, blah, blah. And then that will like come up and then I just reach out, talk to somebody or, or just sit with it and feel. I, I just, you know, to anybody who's like suffered loss and gone through it. I think my my biggest thing would be don't let the relationship die just because they did talk to them you know say goodnight to them keep them in in you because they're always in you they'll always be with you they're always with you they're you know whoever it was it's not that's what I mean when I was saying earlier that the relationship isn't gone just because they're gone it is still a relationship and try and just try not try not to just shut out that's that's the biggest thing like like feel you know get dig deep man get in there 'Cause this is all we have. And so we all we have is we're all alone in this together. So we might as well enjoy it as best you can, show each other love, be vulnerable, and be present. That's it. Just be present.
0: There was truly so much in mine and Mikey's interview that there could have been two episodes about it. Four episode extras. I put them up on patreon.com slash dead it's basically where I put all the extra bits that didn't make the episode but were still profound and very much worth listening to. If you want to follow Mikey on Instagram, you can find him at holleratyourboy. at Your Boy. I'll put it in the iTunes description. And if you want to follow me, I'm at brit 27 ash on Instagram and Twitter. You can leave a review on iTunes, hopefully a nice one. The logo is by Christine Tuna and the music is by Interstellar Sarah Michelle Geller. The next episode is a bit different. I interview three women very close to me about how they almost lost their moms, and I weave their stories together. And the episode after that, aka the season finale, will be all about losing my mom, which is super fun.